0: Give my good morning to you as well. My name's Tom, one of the pastors on staff. Thank you, Amanda, for praying, and Matt and worship team for leading us. And I wanted to make a comment after singing those songs. Uh, A number of you have been talking with us about this rooted thing, becoming more rooted and grounded in our faith. And uh, some of you in different ways said, well, this is like hard, or it's a struggle. And, and, I, and we would just like to say to you, good. <laughs> and and uh, because have you noticed that most really significant things uh, have some struggle or have some difficulty attached to it, so, so stay with it. And I, I just wanted to communicate to you, again, you already know this, but there's often virtue in the struggle, isn't there? There can be. And uh, we've sung about this even this morning, so think biblically with me for a moment. Uh, God's grace and love uh, does not um, call for us to earn it or call on our own merit. That is not true in the Bible, but God's grace and love is not opposed to our effort. And uh, there's a struggle in this uh, as we root and grow and bear fruit, and so it's the hard good. So stay with it. If you're reading and Rooted, if you're sharing about Rooted in your group, and you go, well, this is confusing, this is difficult, this is hard, it creates a lot of questions, great. And uh, we're gonna continue this morning actually with something that if we're really thinking about it well, this is hard, so are you ready? This is a hard hard subject, and I won't pretend to cover it all today, but I want you to leave with three important ways that we actually participate in hearing from God. One of my favorite theologians, she's typically disguised as a comedian. Her name is Lily Tomlin. She delightfully spoke for many of us when she said this. She said, why is it when we speak to God, we are said to be praying? But when we hear God speak to us, we are said to be schizophrenic. (laughs) That's that's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, So many of us do indeed cringe if you're, I'm gonna ask you to be thoughtful, kind of, uh, about this today, and I'm gonna quote some key people on this. I'm gonna ask you to put your thinking and prayerful hats on on this subject of hearing God's voice. Uh, Here's the thing. Many of us cringe, actually, when we hear people say things like, God told me such and such, right? Or uh, the Spirit has revealed this to me. It, It can make us a bit nervous. People do, frankly, all kinds of crazy and evil things, actually. Uh, under that guise. And the the sad thing is if if we react against that and then all of a sudden begin thinking, well, anybody who thinks that there actually is a God or that God might want to care for us or communicate with us or even speak to us, that's just crazy. So I don't wanna think about those things or talk about those things. So we wanna talk about that today and struggle with that a little bit today. Uh, Pastor Matt led us last week in thinking some about who is God. And, and if, you're, if you're engaging in this, that now think about this one. What if God is actual, actually a powerful creating God? And is at the same time a very personal shepherding God? What if that's true? And, if, and I, there's a lot of reason to believe it is true. And because God is a very personal God, guess what? We would expect reasonably that he would want to communicate with us out of his love. And he's a personal God, and so it should not be surprising, uh, like in any good relationship, that there is communication, right? What if God not only created you, but also desires to have a relationship with you? If that be true, We aren't surprised that he would communicate with us. He is, and he has, and he will. Scripture, the Bible tells us that God has spoken, and God is speaking. One of my favorite philosophers, and he's typically known as a theologian, his name is Dallas Willard. He was professor of philosophy at the University of Southern California for decades, Uh, He graduated to heaven about five years ago now. Uh, In the introduction of his very helpful, thoughtful and biblical book, in fact, I I brought my copy because I wanna recommend it to you today. If you're engaging and you're thinking and you wanna like do extra credit, uh, Dr. Willard is a very fine book uh, called Hearing God. And I'm gonna quote from him a couple times today. Here's my first one. He opens the book, listen, by saying this, hearing God? A daring idea, some would say. Presumptuous, even dangerous. But what if we are made for it? What if the human system simply will not function properly without it? There are good reasons to think it will not. The fine texture as well as the grand movements of life show the need. Is it not, in fact, more presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence without hearing God? Good words. Main idea I want you to think with me about today. Here's your main take home, God willing. I think you'll see it up here. Do we hear God's voice above all other voices? And if we don't, I want to challenge you today to maybe want to want to hear God's voice above all other voices. One pastor put it this way, God is speaking. The Bible reveals a consistent pattern of God speaking to people. And when people hear God speak, our lives and their lives would never be the same again. Have you noticed that? In the Bible, that's true. The problem is, one pastor said, we have become disoriented to his voice. Disoriented to his voice. Jesus said that his people would recognize his voice and follow him. There is an enormous need for us as people to learn how to hear from God. Now, so today, and we're gonna go over with you, there are three practices, I think, from the Bible that we can participate in to have spiritual ears to hear, or to hear God's voice. You might say, well, wh- 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 where in the Bible does it even talk about such things? So if you would, go with me to John chapter 10. If you have one of these, you can turn into us uh, in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. If you have a smart device or you can see the screen, whatever, or just have ears to hear, let's read the first five verses of John chapter 10. Jesus is teaching and it's recorded here and it reads, it goes this way. John 10 verse one. Very truly, I tell you, said Jesus, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. First of three times in John chapter 10 that Jesus talks about the sheep, meaning like us in this story, in this teaching, Sheep that hear his or God's voice. He calls his own sheep by name. Do you know that God knows your name, calls you by name? He's that personal. Yeah. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. The Bible talked about voice recognition way beyond <laughs> before we did. And they will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. It goes on to say Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Hearing God's voice. One of the practices the Bible talks about as ways that we can participate, are you thinking about this? How is it that we hear God's voice and don't just trick ourselves into thinking that God's voice, it's like, is that my subconscious? Is that just my wish or my desire? That I say, well, God's telling me that so I can do and live or live out what I'm just actually wanting myself? See, we can easily get confused about all this, right? So how is it that we can have some confidence that we are hearing God and hearing his voice? The first of three practices relates, uh, the Bible talks about this, good pastors have talked about this through church history. The first of three practices, here's number one, it relates to the word of God. And here's the question. Practice number one, what does the Bible say? This is the written word of God, communication to us. Do, do you, have you realized that? If you're kind of new to this, might be a new idea. This is not just a book among books. This is the written word of God. There's much reason to believe that. Uh, Professor Willard, in his uh, study of philosophy and teaching of philosophy, uh, as, he, as he was a Christ follower, he said this. Here's my second quote from Professor Willard. He said, it cannot be stressed too much that the permanent address at which the word of God may be found is the Bible. That is true. Those are good words. The Bible itself says that it is God-breathed. That's a whole nother subject and sermon for another time. It kind of means that the, this book The Bible is the word of God. It reveals and communicates the very heart and mind of God. When we read this, we are really reading like some people have said God's love letter to us. This communicates who God is, what he has done. It's what his heart is, what his mind is. It is the true record of God's unfolding drama of redemption. It anticipates, by the way, and culminates in the living word of God. And who is that? That's Jesus. The same John in the beginning of John said, in the beginning was the word. The word was was with God. The word was God. That's referring to Jesus. So the written word of God, the living word of God, it is communication to us. One of my mentors used to say this over and over and over again, and I share it with you. The written word of God, the Bible, is not given just for our information. It's given to us for our transformation. When we engage in this, we cannot not be changed. What does the Bible say is the beginning point of us hearing God's voice. When I was in third grade, I grew up in the church and some of you have children or grandchildren and Park kids. By the way, Park kids is a good work and, and if you're looking for a place to be involved, if you love kids and you can like teach a little bit and, and uh, grow in God's word and share God's word with children, it's one of the greatest things, you know? Well, I, I won't ever forget being in third grade Now, I'd sat and kind of tried to listen to sermons. But when I was in third grade, one of my Sunday school teachers, we called it back then, like here we call it Park Kids, um, God just used that in my life. Because for the first time, I realized that the Bible wasn't just speaking at me. It was speaking to me. This was God's thing for me and to me that communicated his love. I went from knowing about a God that loved me to wanting to hear God's voice and in God's word because I understood that he loved me. And I trusted Christ as my savior and entered into a relationship with God. So I moved from just reading like in John 10 that, that Jesus is the gate. What does that mean? Jesus says, I am the gate. It doesn't mean that he swings on hinges. It means that he's the entry point the gateway into this life this abundant life this eternal life and i went from just understanding the information that like jesus is the gate to like jesus is my gate have you done that you know that's what the word of god invites us into I went from just hearing about Jesus being the good shepherd to trusting in Jesus as my good shepherd. The Bible leads us into those kinds of thoughts and those kind of decisions. So if we want to hear from God and to hear God's voice, what's the first way we, we participate? Help me, what's the key question? What does the Bible say, right? So that's practice number one as to how we participate in hearing from God. Now, if you're thinking with me, you might say, well, like, but good people really understand the Bible in different ways, right? Indeed. So let's go on to another one. I'm going to assume that we we have a hunger to read it and learn it and meditate on it. And uh, the Bible's true, and it's for us. It reveals the person and purposes of God, and it always points us to Jesus, by the way. Have you noticed that? The whole Old Testament does. The new te- this whole thing points to the person and work of Christ. Once we realize that and accept Christ and enter into this relationship with God, uh, the Bible says that we, this phenomenal thing happens, that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, actually comes and takes residence in us. Have you realized that? If you're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you dwells in you to guide you and to teach you so here's the second practice in hearing God's voice Uh, it relates to the spirit of God and here's the question have I asked the Holy Spirit to guide and teach me so when we're reading God's word when we're considering what well has God said this is this is what God is saying when we're reading the Bible it's actually the spirit of God within us that shines the light on this in a way that we can understand Is that making sense? Do you know that? Yes, so the Spirit of God, the Bible says, is what helps us to understand and hear accurately what God is saying. Bible scholars have affirmed this throughout the ages. They say things like, listen, the same Holy Spirit that inspired the Scripture enables believers in Jesus to appropriate and apply the Scripture to our lives. Do you know that? That's true. The second practice, what's the first one? It's the Word of God, what does the Bible say? The second one is the Spirit of God. Have we asked for the Spirit of God to fill us, to teach us and guide us as we read and attend to the Word of God? A great Bible student named William Law, listen. I've asked you to think today, so listen carefully. William Law put it this way, without the present illumination of the Holy Spirit, the word of God must remain a dead letter to every man. No matter how intelligent or well-educated he may be, it is just as essential for the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of scripture to the reader today as it was necessary for him to inspire the writers thereof in their day. Those are good words, those are correct words. We are not able to discern the biblical message or hear God's voice correctly apart from the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my great, uh, have you, do you enjoy interviews on radio and TV? Some of them are fascinating, right? One of my favorite of all time was the former CBS anchor. His name was Dan Rather, many of you know of, remember, uh, when he was really doing a lot of interviews. He came face to face with this one day. He did an interview with Mother Teresa, uh, the tranquil, godly nun of Calcutta. And many of you know her story. Here, here's how the interview went. When you pray, asked Rather, what, what do you say to God? Mother Teresa said, well, I, I don't say anything, I listen. Rather attempted to move on asking, well, okay, so when God speaks to you, then what does he say? Mother Teresa responded by saying, well, he, he often doesn't say anything, he listens. <laughs> Mr. Rather looked a bit bewildered at this point. Check it out, I think you can still find it. Mother Teresa, hoping to help him and rather humbly, ended the conversation by saying this, and if you do not understand that, I can't explain it to you. (laughs) Part of what she is saying is that it is the Holy Spirit who reveals truth and gives us ears to hear, God's voice. Hmm. Much evidence that she knew Jesus, loved Jesus, trusted Jesus, and had this practice of listening to him and walking with him. So those are two practices. You might say, well, is there one more? Uh, I can never remember more than three things at a time. And, And so, by the way, the Bible kind of like talks about this as well as good bible students so here's the third one can you keep track of three things there's one two three right so here we go well what's the first one help me out the word of god yeah like what does the bible say the second one was what the Spirit of God, like are we actually, after after we're Christ followers, the Spirit indwells us, so are we asking the Holy Spirit to fill us and and, and illuminate our thinking and teach us as we read the scripture and we hear from God? The third practice, get this, is actually the people of God. Have you thought about that? Who will I get godly counsel from? We can easily be misguided and distorted even as we read the Bible or if we're, say, well, the Holy Spirit guide me and teach me in this, it is often wise, and the Bible talks about this over and over again, to get the counsel of godly people. God speaks often to his people through his people. Have you noticed that? In many and different ways God speaks, but this is a key one. And listen, be discerning about who we get counsel from. It's good to get counsel from God's people who are steeped in God's word and are filled with God's spirit. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And uh, those tend to be good counselors. Now I have to just brag a little bit on a couple stories I've heard this week. Some of you women uh, had an opportunity we didn't have as men about a week ago. And you know what I'm gonna talk about, right? So one of our leaders here, one of our board members named Darlene, was with a number of you women on retreat last weekend. One of the stories that was compelling to a couple of you ladies that I've heard from, it kind of goes this way. Uh, not only did God like show up, but it was beautiful watching how Darlene facilitated and led the time. If, you, if you're not acquainted with that, ask some other ladies that went. Part of who Darlene is, uh, is she, Well, she understands God's word, which is very helpful. And she relies on the Holy Spirit, which is really important. And guess what? She prays and she listens to God. She apparently just demonstrated that in front of a lot of you ladies last weekend. And so uh, she took even some breaks to say, well, I'd like to pray about this and hear from God. And she then tailor made what was happening after she had a sense of what God was saying. Darlene is not schizophrenic, (laughs) and and guess what? Neither was Mother Teresa, no evidence, but there's a tremendous beauty in this when we see it and when we experience it. Hearing from God in such a way, it's rooted in God's word. When we hear from God, it never opposes or counters what God says in his word, ever, And, and it's always in concert with how the Holy Spirit teaches us every time. And if we're a little bit wondering, we get good counsel from God's people. Those are the three ways that the Bible and church leaders over time have said. Some have talked about it the three lights and they come together and help us be confirmed that we are participating well now in hearing of God's voice. And many of you experienced that even last weekend. So in sum, I'm gonna leave, summarize this and leave you with a final challenge. So how, what are we saying? God speaks to us how? Fundamentally through his word. And his word consistently points us to Jesus. We hear, we have ears to hear, to understand God's word as the Holy Spirit illuminates and teaches us. And God also chooses many times to speak to us through his people. Last thing you're concerned, so what are we to do then? What else are we to do? Frederick Meyer said, the word of God is the wire along which the voice of God will certainly come to you if the heart is hushed and the attention is fixed. What does he mean? The other ways in our practice, I'm convinced that today we aren't hearing from God like he would want us to because there's so much noise. We live with such a tremendous amount of noise that clutter us up, most of us. So, Frederick Meyer says, hush your heart, quiet the noise. Is that part of your practice? Listen, if you're hearing voices that tell you that reality is only the visible and the material, so the abundant life is an accumulation of more things, that is not the voice of God. Amen. If you are hearing voices that condemn you and shame you, that is not God's voice. Amen. In Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. Amen. The voice that says you will live a life free of difficulty or suffering is not the voice of God. We're gonna talk more about that next Sunday, by the way. Quiet the noise. I mean, how do you unplug from that cultural messaging and plug into hearing God's voice above all other voices? Quiet the noise and focus the attention. So the three things, focus our attention on what? the word of God illuminated by the spirit of God that is very often confirmed by the people of God. We have one of um, a few responses. You might say, well, why is this so important? We can easily be tricked into saying, why? Well, I, yeah, I, I, I'll engage in this. I want to hear the voice of God where that'll make my life easier. That'll give me a greater degree of comfort Uh, I like that idea, I will do this. Professor Willard puts his finger in our chest one more time, so listen to his words, I'm going to read it from his book. We must ultimately move move beyond the question of hearing God. Hearing God is not the ultimate question, listen. And into a life greater than our own, which is the kingdom of God. Our concern for discerning God's voice must be overwhelmed by and lost in our worship and adoration of him and in our delight with his creation and his provision for our whole life. Our aim in such a life is to identify all that we are and all that we do with God's purposes in creating us and our world. This is a good philosopher. That is, we come in all things to think and act, so that his goodness, greatness, and beauty will be as obvious as possible, not just to ourselves, but to all of those around us. God's speaking will always be an essential part of this, but only a part of this. Remember that. When you think about God's voice, remember in John 10, this is the last thing, you're gonna fall into one of three camps, and as our worship team comes up, I'm gonna ask you to think about which of these three camps that you fall into today. When Jesus taught that my sheep will recognize my voice and follow me, by the way, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd, he says in John chapter 10. Come to me and you'll find abundant life, meaning like full life here and eternal life. If you read through John 10, people responded to him in one of three ways. Don't, Don't miss this. Don't miss this, in in John 10, verse six, a lot of people, it's recorded in in this text as, they didn't understand. And it's as if, well, maybe it isn't all that important, I don't understand, I'll just like go on with how I'm doing life. Some of you are like that, you're gonna hear this today, you kind of say, well, I don't understand, doesn't matter that much, I'm just gonna kind of go on. Uh, There's another group, in, in John 10, verse 19, it records that they were actually mad about what Jesus taught, and they even thought, well, Jesus like, must be some demon or something. Craziness to think about hearing God, hearing God's voice and following him as a shepherd. Ludicrous. Schizophrenic. Well, some of you may be in that group. I mean, at least angry, if not schizophrenic, yeah. Now in John 10, verses 9 and 14, there, there, the picture is embracing Jesus as the gate, the way into to eternal life, and embracing Jesus as the good shepherd. And when Jesus is our good shepherd, guess what? We recognize his voice, and we follow him. So have that in mind as you come to communion. Is, is Jesus your entry point to life indeed. His work on the cross is our entry point. We celebrate that at communion. Is he your good shepherd? If not, no better day than today to make that decision. Let's sing and we'll worship.